Welcome to another episode of Relic, a classic Maypole podcast. I'm your host, Tori Shrum. Welcome to the show. On today's show, we have Mark Knopp of teams such as GBD and more popularly known uh, Avalanche. If uh, you did not grow up uh, in my paintball generation, uh, usually I uh, attribute different videos to different paintball uh, generations. For instance, uh, I started playing paintball in the 90s, so I grew up on uh, Iron Man, Road to Glory, uh most a lot of people actually uh you know kind of grew up on push uh get to see a lot of mark on there uh goofing around and whooping ass um and then you would move on to uh, a lot of the dirter and uh like serial killer videos and stuff like that so usually you can kind of attribute different generations of uh players to different videos but uh anyway so push would be the one that uh, you see a lot of mark on uh afterwards to talk to him about you know what he's been doing since and uh he's uh, got his hands in the push paintball lineup for now but uh hey mark thanks for uh, taking time to talk to me i uh, hope you guys enjoy the show and uh enjoy All right, cool. Recording started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Relic Classing Paintball Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Schrump. Today, we have Mark Knopp from Avalanche, GBD, Washington Rain, and other such West Coast powerhouses. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. How are you? Happy Sunday morning. Your yeah, Sunday morning. Sun- my, my Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Morning. Got it. All right. Coming to us from sunny Croatia. Yeah, it is sunny. Today was early. was foggy. So winter is, winter is arriving here. Oh, yeah. Winter's... I think we're getting the what they call the false winter right now. It'll probably warm up next week, and then everybody get used to getting back into shorts just in time for it to get cold again. And then, yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Uh, Hey, man, drop it on us. Uh, Where you from originally? Like, how'd you get into paintball? All that jazz. Oh wow, I didn't know it was going to be that complicated. Uh, (laughs) Originally from LA, born and raised in LA. Uh, I was actually racing jet skis. This is like 92, three, four time frame. I was racing jet skis and having a blast doing that. And then one of my buddies, I was like, hey, <laughs> he had like a PGP, you know, a pump pistol. He's yep. like, hey, man, <laughs> try paintball. I was like, what? And, and he, so we went, we went to SC Village in Southern California for like the oh. biggest place, you know, on the planet for paintball. And this is when you could still use, they still had red paint. Like it oh, looked like shit. blood. Yeah. And I remember my first time playing and I got goggled, right? Boof, red paint. I was like, <laughs> and at that point I was like, this is freaking awesome. You know? <laughs> and it kind of went from there, you know, we slowly but surely we got better, started playing like a team. And uh, the beauty about Southern California at the time is the way, or it, it normally is the weather, you know, the weather's constantly, you can play all year round. And there was a lot, a lot of good teams to to play with, right? And we got lucky where I kind of lived. If you know where Los Angeles is, I lived in Pasadena. And all my friends that played with us uh, lived in Pasadena, the Guzman brothers. And we could go to SC Village or to another place called uh, Dave Bassmansville. I don't remember uh, the name of the field, but 
this is where GBD and a lot of like teams from the northern part of you've got LA, the north because LA is huge, you know. Uh, the northern part of LA would go there instead of going to SC Village because SC Village, even from Pasadena, was an hour ride, you know. But to get to Bassmansfield was like forty-five minutes, and Bassmansfield was a lot better for us because, you know, you didn't have refs that were freaking, you know, that they were the children of Stalin, you know. It was like <laughs> it, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. I, I would say much more relaxed, right? And we get great prices on paint and everything like that, which as we know in this day and age, constantly, I mean, the biggest uh, thing with paintball is the price of paint. You know, it's, it's that weekly investment, right? You've got goggle price, you've got harnesses, you got your gear, right? Which you need to invest in. But then that weekly price of paint, just like it was back then. But back then a case of paint was 2,500 case balls, but it was $125. Was that a, was that California Magnum back then? Uh, I think it was either Nelson or something, you know, RP sure. You had uh, Nelson, RP sure and, and stuff like that, which is all great paint, but it was like 125 bucks a case. I mean, and then eventually as paintball grew uh, through 95, 94, 95, paint started coming down and we were like, holy smokes, it's $80. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> oh my God. You know, now, now when I hear people like go, oh, $35 a case. I, I literally just want to take a hammer and smash it in the head. <laughs> but, but the challenge too is, is back then we were shooting, you know, autocockers and stuff. Poo, 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 right? Now you're shooting. And my guys, I've got like, I'm working like right on the other side of my laptop is my Lux that I have uh, at two, uh, two that I need to replace the cylinder for the cylinder to show up. I mean, that gun set up at, which is not an Excel speed. It's like 12.5 balls a second, you know, uh, and it just, and it trigger pulls like this far. I don't, it's probably doing like 15. I want to say not it's, but it's just like, so to go through a case in that gun, you know, you'll do that like this, right? Well, yeah. back in the day, we were shooting autocockers and, and grant you, I was kind of a, I was, I was a short spaz, still a short, short spaz. I mean, I'd shoot like maybe a case, case and a half, somewhere around there, right? And by the time Avalanche ran around, you know, we get the the Angels and the electronic guns start coming up. <laughs> I'm shooting two, three cases, but we're sponsored. So it's like, it's not my money, you know, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> it's like not slow down, but it's so much fun. So, okay. Um, so, when did you decide uh, that you wanted to play competitively? Or I guess that's, you just answered that. Uh, so I guess rather the next question is, uh, uh, you know, kind of give us a little bit of the history of, uh, you know, the from team to team until, you know, obviously everybody in my generation grew up on push and saw you goofing off with the avalanche guys. Uh, but you didn't just like, you know, show up there overnight. And You know, that was kind of a, I would say it was a pretty normal process. I think everybody would go through, you know, you're playing with your friends you know, and then you're, and then if you're consistent, you're playing every weekend and stuff and you're really into it and they're like, Hey, let's go, you know, let's start a team, play some events. Right. So we, so you start meeting people, you know, back then you didn't have like three men or anything. The, the smallest was like a five man. Most everything was like a 10 man. So then, you know, you, you get more engaged with other players and let's like put a team together. Right. And then maybe your first event, you go out there and you get slapped, you know, and then you get better. You learn from your mistakes and you understand because it would generally be at the same fields, uh, most of the local events, you know, so then you would learn how the fields would play and you get better. So 
as that transition through time is, you know, I ended up, I don't want to say, how would I explain it? Because I was such a loud mouth and a good player, I was really obnoxious. I was extremely obnoxious. <laughs> I, I, they're, they're, the, I'm pretty sure Aftershock at one point wanted to kill me uh, just because I talked so much smack on the field. But because of that, you get kind of well-known and people watch you. Like, uh, And it just wasn't because of my mouth, it was because of my gameplay. And then I ended up getting asked by Washington Rain to come play with them. So I was like, sure, because you know, what we were doing on a local mm-hmm. level was coming all out of our own pockets, right? We didn't have any sponsorship or anything like that. So it was like a next step up. So I did that and played with them for like a year, a year and a half, maybe two years, I think. And our final season is when we went pro and it was at World Cup and we took third. I mean, nobody oh, wow. wanted to play us because we were, we were just... We, how would I explain it? Uh, that year we were playing in Chicago and um, who was, who was refing? Uh, Aftershock was refing because they ref their own field. And this yep. is kind of like a funny story. So we're just mowing teams, right? We're just like smacking them. So here, here you know, so now we're trying to, we're playing who's going to grab the flag kind of a game, right? I go in to grab the flag and my own teammate shoots me right intentionally. So I turn around and shoot him. You know, like oh, no. <laughs> so and and you know, aftershocks watching this and they're laughing their ass off because I'm eliminated, plus I get a one for one against my own team. And at this point, we're like going, Oh boy, you know, or screw it, we gotta stop because you know, what if there was nobody left? We would have lost the game, right? Yeah. Well, it would have been uh, wouldn't have been a hang. It would have been a pull. So it just it's kind of interesting stuff like that. So at the end of that season, uh, we we didn't lose sponsorship, but we just didn't have enough money to keep going, right? So and, oh, and that's and what ended up happening was a uh, several of us went and played for Bushwhackers, right? But it was kind of tough because Bushwhackers just played in LA all the time and no offense to Ron the Bushwhackers but they just didn't have is that competitive a team at that point right so that season uh the guys at uh Avalanche contacted us and and Ironman contacted contacted us the only difference was between Ironman and Avalanche was uh Ironman wanted us to do to do tryouts I'm like do no tryouts. No fancy. I was like, ah, screw that. And Avalanche was like, no, just come play. I was like, what do you guys want to do? So we went and played for Avalanche. That's that we all ended up there. Right. It it wasn't a matter of being lazy, but it was like funny because those guys knew like the Ironman guys would have been easier for me because they were like an hour from me. But for some reason, yeah, you guys got to come and try out, you know, like I'm not doing that. I already know all you dickheads. Right. Well, that would have been me. um, that would have been Bobby back then. No, at that point it was. Oh, I think they had already done their split. Oh, so that's mean? like it's it, right around ninety eight. It, it was right. No, 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 no. I, I think it's ninety seven, ninety. Yeah, could have been right around there. Right so like around, around there, that time was, was like the the Ironman split, and then uh, like I guess what is it like AS. ASTM like shitting all over Scott. And so everybody had to wear JT goggles back then, even if you were a Scott sponsored team and like all that crap yeah. happened, like right around that time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's why they were doing maybe the tryouts thing is because of the split up, you know? Mm. And 
they all knew it was just kind of funny. If they would have just said, come come and play with us, guys. We know you're good. Da, da, da. It would have been a done story because it would have been an easy transition West Coast, right? Where Avalanche yeah. was, you know, in Kearney. But granted, we never really played there. We we had some practices here and there, maybe like Colorado or stuff like that. But uh, and I'll tell you, playing for Avalanche was a, was a great time. I mean, it, it was really uh, as we started picking up guys because during that whole transition of uh, Washington rain, because we didn't have money, we couldn't, we wouldn't go to an event. And it was because of our team that, you know, at one event, half of our team was there because other pro teams had us play for them. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. when they started the whole, the, they, they were like, they made the rule that you couldn't, if you were on this roster, you couldn't play on another an event, da, 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 whatever it was, right? Because you know, half of Washington Rain was at an event playing for other teams because we didn't have enough money to go to that event. So it's funny how yeah, that works. There's a, there's a bunch of teams that I've heard of uh, over the year. I didn't know that happened to Washington Rain. Like, I know that that happened to, like, Revolution and, uh, you know, some other teams and things like that where it's like, you know, it had some real steamrolling players, but just the funding just didn't work out. Um, it's just crazy to hear stories like that about, like, what could have been, you know? That's well, Washington it, Rain, though. So that's like what up towards Seattle or something? Yeah, yeah. Man, you that's need a, it, dude, if you ask any of the old school guys that were around that time about Washington Rain, they will tell you they'll like go, "Oh, that's right, that was an amazing team. It was a great team, and it was just normal guys that that like plumbers, this and that type of people that were just good at playing paintball." And, and it was so much fun when we go practice up in Washington because their fields, you know, when you think of Washington, you're thinking of these big trees, that was the fields, big ass, huge trees. It was just, it was beautiful. It was fun. And, you know, uh, ah, the good days, it was, it was a lot of fun. Sounds awesome. Um, okay. So we talked about, you know, where you came from and how the, how the team got started and stuff like that. Um, ask you a couple, couple of some personal paintball questions. Do you ever have one that got away? And by what I mean by that, and I ask this to everybody because we can all relate. Do you ever have a gun that you wish you never got rid of? Oh God. It, um, Pittsburgh. And this wasn't my fault. Oh no. <laughs> this, is, this, this is a funny story. I don't know if we were refing or what we were doing. No, no, we were playing because we had our equipment there. The idiots on my team went out <laughs> partying. <laughs> I love them, but literally, they they they, they just need to be shot in the testicles or something around three fifty three fifty. So they they went out, and I you know, and I was one of the older guys, and, and like right now, next in two months, I'm gonna be fifty freaking eight, almost sixty, pushing on sixty. So, anyways, I stayed back in the hotel, and we were chilling there. These idiots went out and party. Well, I did not take my uh, gear bag out of the van when we came to the hotel because all my stuff was already cleared, right? So they, I don't know, they were trying to pick up chicks or something. This, I don't know. And the chicks were not interested. So they threw paintballs at them. <laughs> this is what I'm told. They threw oh, paintballs no. at them, right? The, they called the cops on them, right? Cops show up and then they uh, took my paintball guns. Uh my paintball guns are still, and you know how corrupt Philadelphia is, right? Pittsburgh, not Philadelphia, but Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh KD has my still. Who, who knows what they did with my paintball guns? I had oh two 
uh, dark angels that they were just like were confiscating these. Uh. So that is my not my one that got away, my two that got away. It, those fucking idiots. They because we could have. I mean, literally at the end of the season. And grant you, we were so people don't understand how spoiled like the top line paintball players are. Because, but you have to really to get to that level. You have to be super dedicated. I mean, it's every weekend practicing, being in shape, going to the gym. I mean, you're, you're an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. And but you're you get something out of that. You play for free. We get our guns at the end of the year. We you know sell our guns because we knew we we're going to get new guns. Well, I mean, if I sold two guns for a thousand a piece, that's two thousand dollars you know, and to like paintball players, that, that's quite a bit of money. Right. So it was great. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so those people in Avalanche that are watching you bastards need to dig up some cash. You owe me like two grand. <laughs> bitches. So, wow, man. Uh, okay. So, I got more stories. Like, I got tons of stories like that. But just, any, anytime uh, you want to attach. Well, OG. Well, well, that what I was going to say is because, uh, here in Europe, uh, in Brantford, I haven't gone to any events like they had a push booth because of the COVID stuff. Everything, you know, NXL here has kind of been a little bit of a disaster, not to, not because of them, but it's just because of the situation in Europe, right? With COVID and everything, and every country having their own kind of like lockdown crap. Well, anyways, uh, when I was going to events, man, like the new pro players, I mean, they're just like going to bed at eight o'clock, nine o'clock getting up early there and in our time there's nothing man i can't tell you the amount of times i knew i was playing next to somebody on my team the next morning and i could that bastard might be drunk still you know what i mean but (laughs) there was but the the guys that were so i mean good at playing and you become so accustomed to knowing i mean everything's like a flow in your body right your your way you handle your marker pulling out paint this and that it becomes second nature and you know they'd still we'd still pull out wins and stuff and it's like man i know we we didn't get home till like three four o'clock in the morning and we got morning session what are we doing are we this stupid yes absolutely a hundred percent this stupid it's 10 man dude it's 10 man uh, i know so uh so so with the transition are you are you playing anymore or like any expo or anything like that or you want to play a uh, classic or well they don't really have that here in europe i mean i went and played the uh, last weekend a friend of mine they had a big game out here in croatia and that was kind of fun uh in the sense of it, it's not a big, your traditional big game. It was like 20 on 20 kind of stuff, but oh, it was nice. still fun. I mean, you know, the challenge for me though, is, is after you've won so many events going and playing like normal stuff, it's just kind of like, man, and I've gotten kind of lazy. I don't really feel like running, you know, <laughs> and it's funny because uh, like three weeks ago or four weeks ago, uh, they were having a practice because they're the guys, my friends, the Croatian guys were going to Bosnia or Serbia, I guess, for a three-man event, right? And they were going to have a practice and only five of them showed up. So they're like, hey, you, Mr. Knop, you must play. And I'm like, I'm like yeah, I've got like uh, uh, like winter boots, you know, like uh, they call them <laughs> like normal fucking boots, you know? Nothing yeah. you could really run it. And I mean, grant you, 
I played, we played a bunch of games. This night. Of course, the last game, leg slips, fucking pulled a hammy a little bit. That felt uh, great. Not bad, but I mean, enough to where it's like two days. I'm like going, why, why didn't I tell him no? But I still had fun. Turns out one of my guns, because I, I brought guns to test out, one of my guns, which will, in World Cup other people will be seeing, uh, was shooting like 350. And, and I'm known for shooting pretty hot, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the guys on my team, like, dude, these paintballs suck, man. They're going all over the place. Cause I didn't even think I should have known by the sound and everything. So, like, you know, I'm going to get another grant. I didn't shoot anybody with a gun, shoot 350, but it was like, whoo, getting a little hot. <laughs> Good day. Oh, yeah. We shoot hot all the time. Uh, so, do you want to talk about push? Sure. What do okay. you need to know? Let me, how did, how did it start? I mean, I, and obviously not like, you know, the video that we all grew up on, you know, like the, the company, the masks, all that, like how did, or do you, is there anybody you else know, that was it, tell that story or? Well, well, that's, it's an interesting thing. Cause, cause I would say that pushes all me. Yeah. <laughs> Remedy, he had nothing to do with it. No. Uh, it's interesting how that came to be because at the time, so uh, when I was doing that, I was talking with Ed Palmer. I was like, oh, yeah, what am I doing something with paintball again? And he was like, you know, you should talk to Benini. You know, he's doing some things, you know, I'm not sure exactly what, blah, blah, blah. So then I reached out to Brian. We started talking, and then he, I had a, a design, uh, signed a non-disclosure. He showed me everything that he's doing, and it's like, yeah, I want to get involved. And then, so I'm a partner in, in the business, and that's where it kind of started. Wow. Cool, yeah. man. It's um, <clears throat> like a lot of, how do I want to say this? It's refreshing whenever you see companies uh, bring stuff out in the industry that are made by people that actually play the game uh, and people that actually, you know, like listen to players and people that um, it's, it's cool to see inside industry stuff that's not affected by, I'm probably just putting my foot right in my mouth when I say this. Um, but not affected by just like money that gets dumped in by investors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's one of the things that's interesting about us. Cause we don't have any like bank loans or anything like that. We're self-funded. Like, yeah. uh, but you know, uh, I sold my houses and built a house. Like the house that I live in now, like mm -hmm. if I built, it, it cost me, I think everything. And thank God I built at the time that I did, I think with everything and I've got solar somewhere around 350,000, you know, maybe a little bit more, but I've got, if I built this house in Pasadena, it's a $5 million home. Right. Yeah. But yeah. here in Croatia, which is like <clears throat> still Eastern European prices, it's different, but the money that I got from selling my houses, I used to invest into, into push. And the same went with Brian. I mean, you know, poor Brian, I think his house, when he sold it, he got 600 grand for it. And things, if he sold it now, he'd get like a million. I think, I think yeah, he, he got a little bit unlucky on that. But It's always timing, man. Uh, it's always timing. Yeah, timing is everything. But who knows? As things go up, things go down. But at the end of the day, I mean, the the real difference between us and and, it, and everybody else is like, literally, people don't seem to understand is that, that that's what we did, like the case. And that's why there's very little echoing in our goggle. We thought about all those things and how to do that, how to alleviate. 
to make the mass flexible. Why is the mass so much more flexible? Well, uh, because we want you to get, be able to get a bouncer off your mask and this and that. Yeah. You know? Things that, you know, when you look at all the other manufacturers, you know, it, our goggle, and because we know everybody else's prices, our cost for our goggle is literally twice as much. So when, when people say, let's say something costs you $10, ours costs you $20. I'm, not saying, I'm just throwing that out there, right? So yeah. you look at, at the end of the day, what the distributor wants to make in margin and how to figure out what retail price is because distributors want to make 50% margin. So that's where you start getting into, well, we need to make some money, distributors need to make some money, and how do we price out our goggle? That's why our goggles are the most expensive, you know, but it is the best, you know. And uh, another, one thing that we did, and Brian and I talked about it, is our, our lenses are, are too good. Because I don't know if you see how it's got the clip-on system there. Everybody else has one plastic piece. Boom. We should have done that. Our, our lenses would be half the price. But uh, they wouldn't be, number one, as cool and as strong. And Because the problem is things, the things that I learned from in the process of what is uh, the clarity, you know, it went, went right? So I think uh, the EVS had problems with our lenses cracking at the beginning. Because when you're, when you go, when you do a turn on a lens, it's got to get thinner so you get optical clarity. And when you get thinner, you get weaker, right? So that's why we have a great turn. So then we're like, you know, to make it stronger, just in case, let's put on these plastic clips. Well, who knew that gas was going to go? Because what's plastic? What's the biggest investment in plastic? Petroleum. Gas. Yeah. You know, when gas, petroleum. When when that goes up, everything else goes up. So, you know, we've had our. I want to say we've had our share of bad luck or anything like that. You know, it, it, like everybody else. But it, it just we're a smaller company, but we've got so many more things that we're coming out with and doing. That's that's just kind of cool stuff. You know, yeah. but it just takes time to do it. COVID, COVID hurt us bad in the sense that, you know, being able to travel to manufacturers and this and that, because it's easy if you really don't care uh, to send a manufacturer, just make this right and do whatever changes you want. Well, Brian's not like that. Brian's, I don't know if you've, you, you've met Brian Benini, right? Do you know Brian know. at all? Uh, I, I know who he is and also trying to chase him down for some, uh, you Good know, backstory, but yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> he's a busy guy. But he's very, very particular to where it's got to be the way he wants it. I mean, he's a designer. Uh, and, and designers love him or hate him. You can't shoot him. But, you know, it's it's got to be like exactly the way it's got to be. So yeah. for the stuff that we do, he, you know, he's got to, he wants to be there at the factory and we, God knows, we don't have any factories in the U.S. anymore. I mean, the server changed a little bit. And I, I wish we had invested in some machining of our own to do our own stuff, right? Yeah. But with COVID, especially because we do our manufacturing in Taiwan, Taiwan was particular. When you get to Taiwan during COVID, you had it, you literally, you, they put an application on your mobile phone and you have to sit in your hotel for two weeks and not move. Mm. And if you're negative after two weeks, they can go outside the hotel and do business. So 
you're talking a month of uh, two weeks before you can actually do any business. Right. Yeah. So and if you've got, you know, if you need a month long trip, I mean, that turns into six weeks and da, 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 and then getting back was going to be a problem for everybody. I mean, it just, no, it turns out that was all just a waste of time. Bullshit, you know, massive bullshit. It's, you know, just don't sneeze in my face. So, <laughs> I've had COVID three times. Oh, man. but yeah, it's a, uh, I know that, COVID took a toll on everybody's manufacturing. I didn't know that. Everybody. And even and now the Ukraine war, you know, it's having a big uh, painful reaction to like ProShar and this and that. So they're having to react. And uh, it's just, you know, can't, can't we just get like 20 years of calm? You know? <laughs> let's, let, let's have, because what's going to happen now, especially for painful, people don't realize it is thing to go is all the stuff that you don't have to do it's not a requirement yeah grant you when i was playing it was a requirement but it, it was psychological <laughs> it helped it maintain my psyche playing so gotcha but we'll see um in the future future is interesting so hey man do you have any shout outs uh before we uh before we get going um not really man it's you know what I love all the guys that, that I played with. You know, I, if I did a shot, it'd be, you know, two hours long. Uh, I miss a lot of guys. I might go to World Cup, might not go to World Cup. I don't know yet. You know, World Cup tickets are pricey now. And yeah. Drunk with a bunch way too long. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. But all right. Well, hey, man. Thanks uh, for your time. Thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, good luck with, you know, the company and everything. And, um, you know, if I ever catch you out and about, I'm at, Should I try to be at every, um, every major for ICPL. And then, um, I try to poke my head in, uh, my, my wife's from Pittsburgh. So, um, whenever I get a chance to, to go to that event, I try to go. Um, so if I ever catch you in the, uh, you know, the crossings, I'll, I'll be happy to shake your hand, man, but good luck with the company. And thanks for taking your time. Well, man. if your wife's from Pittsburgh, go to the police station, and get my guns. <laughs> I'll see what I can do for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. Have a good one, buddy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. That was Mark Knopp of uh, GBD and Avalanche and Push and Many other teams. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen. Happy Black Friday, everybody. Uh, like to thank my sponsors, uh, Paintball Central and Print Path and uh, PBK Paintball Closet. Uh, thanks for your continued support, guys. And uh, you know, speaking of uh, brands and Black Friday and and all that such, uh, you know, look out there and uh, check out some of the maybe some of the companies and some of the content that uh, that maybe doesn't get brought to the forefront because of algorithms and stuff like that uh if you haven't heard of uh, i hate paintball.net uh anything they've got out it's usually pretty funny uh roadies is usually pretty funny pen is paintball uh also uh pretty good stuff um also uh, brands that a lot of people uh don't know about a lot of people don't know the fight club uh does have um you know products and good stuff uh, out there for you to to purchase wear play in things like that same thing with uh core sample and just hundreds of other uh brands out there that a lot of people don't know about so uh, 
you know, just uh, do some research, look out there, uh, see what's see what there is that uh, maybe isn't on the forefront. Um, Enemy of the state, God knows. Uh, so many, so many different good brands uh, that really aren't. I don't feel getting a fair shake uh, compared to some of the others. But um, anyway, aside from that, happy Black Friday, everybody. Uh, happy holidays. Thanks for listening. And uh, until next time.